Good afternoon, everybody. This is Corey Hepler for the Crazy Monkey Inc. podcast. And I am, as always, pleased to have Jared Gifford, my fantastic co-host, along for the ride. Jared, how the fuck are you? I'm good. That's awesome. (laughs) Now, before we get on to the topic of of the evening... Let's get some Crazy Monkey Ink business out of the way because I know you've been yeah. dying to tell some people about some stuff that you've been taking care of. Oh yeah, uh, well as as everyone knows, as if they've been following along with this podcast, and for new people coming in, I've been I've been working on Ronan Brothers. Um, I'm just barely starting on issue eight now. It's been really fun. I've been loving doing the research because um, the thing is, is uh, um, once again to reiterate, this is supposed to be. Um, this is supposed to be based in um, Edo period Japan, which basically um, the the Edo period started in the um, in, in like in the 1590s, and uh, and 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 uh, but pretty much really started in the 1600s. Okay. And then um, once it was established, it it went for over 250 years because um, the Edo period lasted from uh, from uh, from about. Uh, from about 1603 till about 1867. And this was post-Chinese uh, uh, Wall being built, is that correct? Uh, yeah, well, this was in Japan, so yeah. different area. Yeah, but it was but, around the same but, time. But, 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 but what I'm saying is not, the Wall of China had been built way, way before that. Way before that, that okay. Yeah, yeah, no, no, this, this is a... This is, this this is the this runs because uh, the uh, the Edo period um, kind of started in 1603, but you can say it officially went underway about 1625. Like everything was established, there were no more fighting. There were I mean, in fact, funny thing is, well, there was some fighting, but it was how do I put it? There were no more wars. In fact, like for the Edo period, was considered the most peaceful period in Japan. There were still skirmishes, but it was never like you never had like the. Uh, the wars that you had before during like during the feudal era in Japan. Yeah. Because in Japan's feudal era, there I mean they had a lot of like uh, clan territorial wars. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of different families were fighting against each other for like land rights and uh, and, and 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 basically uh, territorial disputes, those things like that. Okay. Um, and uh, anyway, what happened was uh, Ieyasu um, Tokugawa. Because the Edo period is also known as the Tokugawa period. Yeah. Um, and Ieyasu Tokugawa, kind of like pretty much, he was the guy who, you know, united Japan. I mean, he he united it by basically killing a bunch of his enemies. But he was the one who united Japan and basically gave them their most peaceful era because there were no more wars after that. I mean, I said there were disputes and there were fights. Yeah. But they didn't have any more wars after but that. But there weren't full on like battles against yeah. each other type thing. Yeah, basically, um, well, because he'd established um, kind of a code that basically only the samurai could carry swords. And anybody um, that the, the peasantry, the the well, the peasantry and the merchants could not carry swords. And if they were found out that they were carrying weaponry, what happened? Oh uh, well, that they were basically punished. Okay. Um, as I said, the only ones during that time period who were allowed to wear swords were the samurai, um, and uh, the samurai were considered the higher class because they were the the they were part of the shogunate. Yeah. Um, basically what you had was the way they had three types of people during, um, the Tokugawa slash Edo period of Japan. Okay. You had, you had the samurai 
who basically were the the, the they were the as, uh, they, they were the high ups. They, they were, were the ones that were working for the emperors. And yeah, they were the ones who were looking for the, 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 like the, the, the yeah. That's what I'm saying. You, okay. You, well, or, or or technically, what you call the shogunate. Okay. The the shogunate was basically your samurai, your lords, the the daimyo, and then also the the shogun himself. So they were all clumped together, basically. Yeah, yeah. But basically, it was the entire military might of Japan. Okay. That was that was the shogunate. That makes sense. Yeah. And the other and two. Then, and then the other two was you had um you you had the peasants, and those were the ones that would work the farms. Yeah. Um. And then you had the merchants, and those were the people who would, you know, sell goods. Um, in fact, hilariously enough, um, and this is the reason why the Shogunate of Neverly failed, but what happened was when when that period started, the merchants uh, would do all right, but they were considered to be like the lowest of the lowest class. Okay. Um, but interesting enough, there was a, a shift happened during the um, 1800s, was that the merchants started becoming more... Uh, their businesses started doing better. They, they started getting more and more money. In fact, to the point where the merchants actually were making more money than the samurai were. In fact, the, you had many poor samurai, especially during the 1800s. And the samurai and, were contracted out, so yeah. that kind of, you know... Well, the samurai... Um, well, the samurai were... If they were paid, they were paid by the lord. Yeah. Um but they were if paid by the job. Yeah, and if, but if their lord wasn't particularly wealthy, they wouldn't get paid that much. And then and then also there was kind of classes within the samurai. But the whole point was is that inevitably the shogunate failed. Yeah. And then what happened was that that's when the Meiji Restoration happened, and then the, you started moving into what we know as modern Japan. Um, but anyway, um, but the uh, Ronin Brothers is actually based in the uh, is based. Um, in the beginning of that period, which was considered Japan's most peaceful period. But I placed it in the year 1625 on purpose because that's supposed to be the year when, when some of the wars were starting to officially come to an end. Okay, so, so I wanted, kind of so like I want to, I want to get, yeah, I want, I want to get it. I want that. And that's where all the action stuff happens is basically they're in, they're in that point, sort of the eye of the storm, really. Okay. When, when the fighting um, is starting to come to an end. Now, with your Ronan Brothers <laughs> mm -hmm. comic series, is there going to be um, an issue where it shows the ending of that period with the brothers in it? Um, you know, I've been dabbling with it, but here's the whole thing. Is what I'm going to say. It. This is basically, this is based in the early period of the, of the of the Edo period slash Tokugawa period. Yeah, of course. Um, and so, obviously, you know, they didn't live to be 250 years old, so... <laughs> hey, you, know, you never know. I mean, you got some mystical stuff going on in your, uh, in your comics. So there you... is, but, 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 <laughs> but the brothers themselves are very mortal. Um, however, however, I have toyed with the idea of maybe making a sequel series where maybe you see some of their descendants during that time period. See, that would actually be really cool because it would bleed it would bleed into the in from the original series. Yeah. Um, and you're very good at that, yeah. so it would flow really well. Well, and and, and, and I kind of wanted to get into a little bit of that period anyway, too, because uh, one of my favorite movie series um, uh, of late is uh, I, I watched the entire Zatoichi, The Blind Swordsman movie series. And I actually have something to tell you. Yeah. I actually watched the very first film in the Zatoichi series a couple yeah. of 
weekends ago. Yeah. And I was blown away. You're right. They're really good. Yeah. And I wanted to, um, I'm starting to stack and find all the rest of the movies. Oh, I, I suggest just uh, looking up the um, the Zatoichi filmography. That way you know in which order that you have to watch the films. That's the way I did it. And I went I, and looked up that list, and then that's I just started watching each one yeah, going down and, that list. And I think Barnes & Noble either, either has it or Amazon. You can Bar order the um, entire series. Barnes & Noble, Barnes and Noble has it, and, and actually on Amazon too. Yeah. And in fact, Barnes & Noble is good. However, I would actually suggest Amazon because you can get it cheaper on Amazon, and Especially it's the entire it's the entire um, first twenty five films. It's and that runs from nineteen sixty two to nineteen seventy three. Yeah, and uh, and then uh, and then there's a few other movie. Uh, there's uh, there's at least uh, one other movie after that, because um, the guy who played is Zatuichi. Um, in nineteen eighty nine, he actually decided to direct himself. Mm -hmm. And uh, he actually did do a sort of sequel to that, and it's called Zatoichi, Darkness is His Ally. That's the one that I saw, because that was the adaptation to the series. Um, no, 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 um, um, actually... No, no, not the adaptation, but, like, the offshoot of the series. Um, no, no, what I was going to say is, no, you, you, you would have watched one of the earlier films, because oh, really? that, the way it sounds, that was one of the earlier films, because, no, this was, I said, this was much later, this was after the series. Okay, well, and you're going to you show had, me that one, because I want to watch that one, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, and, 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 you know, and that's what I'm saying. The way it goes is you got the Zatoichi film series, uh -huh. then the television series happened right after that, Okay. and then the television series uh, ran for uh, about three or four seasons, um, and then, uh, and then after that, what happens was a long period where you didn't see anything Zatoichi until 1989. And then what happened was the guy who played as Zatoichi decided he wanted to do one last film. Okay. And then it's, I said, then he made the movie, which is called Zatoichi Darkness is His Ally. Um. And that was the last one that was ever filmed. Yeah, well, and that was the, one, the last one that's in the original Zatoichi series, because there have been a few offshoots and a few remakes. Okay. Because there is, there is one called Zatoichi the Blind Swordsman, which is a remake of the original The Tale of Zatoichi. Yeah. Um. Then you have um then you have an offshoot uh then you have like sort of a side story called Ichi, which is um which, which which is about this girl who 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 is blind and she was trained by Zatoichi and she's trying to go and find him because he's missing. Oh, okay. Um and then you have another sort of semi sequel called Zatoichi the Last, um which um um, um which is kind of I don't. I don't know if you'd say it's a sequel to the remake, but it's kind of on on par with that. And then you had another sort of, I guess, what you'd call side story or offshoot. There was a movie with Rutger Heyer called Blind Fury. I have seen yeah. that one. That and, one was really good. And that one's actually based off the seventeenth Zatoichi movie called Zatoichi Challenged. Okay. Um, it's got a, it's got a similar story. But anyway, um, going off track here. But uh, but anyway, back to uh, Ronan Brothers. But uh, but I was kind of to toying with the idea of maybe having like a story about some of the Ronan Brothers descendants and going into that era. Okay. Because, like I said, I mean, I wouldn't mind doing something uh, in that era just because, um, or near the end of that era, because mm -hmm. of the fact that I wanted to do something which reminded me of the Zatoichi films. I hope mm. you do because um, what you've got going on right now and what you've shared with me mm -hmm. is nothing short of a masterpiece. Well, thank you. I mean, we all know that the mm. Darum series that you're 
Mm -hmm. going 90 issues in yeah uh, <laughs> one and i want to take this opportunity now because uh because i've, I've sitting here been uh, you know spilling out about freaking uh ronan brothers but well, uh, which i wanted you to do anyway oh uh, no yeah. this is good but i also <laughs> want to give you i want to give you some focus now and then i, I understand that uh that uh that, that uh gaspare has actually um just is uh, doing some of the finishing touches on the cover for uh Taxi Cab Drum number three. He actually just sent me today the mm -hmm. final cover art of number three for Taxi Cab Joe. Nice. And it's a wraparound cover. Yeah. So when you open it from the back, you're gonna see an entire scene. Yeah. Just so you know, this is this is this is like a huge spread, people. So basically, the the front page and the back page of the comic are gonna make one big long section of artwork. Exactly. And what's going to make this one um, different is the fact that this is going to be in black and white with uh, hints of red for the blood and action scenes mm -hmm. with the word bubbles, obviously, because there's dialogue. Yeah. But this is actually going to be one of many black and white uh, Taxi Cab Joe comics coming out because mm -hmm. I'm doing it for effect to show that even though you have a ton of action scenes just like the watchman mm -hmm. that's black and white um in the noir edition it can, black and white action can still look just as amazing as colored oh yeah well in, um another another good example of that is uh, sin city yeah cuz frank miller's sin city in black and white there was the, like the yellow man and then there was the red for the blood and yeah. then that was literally the, the only that was the thing only, that was in it. That was the only color that was in it. Yeah, and it and it turned out perfect. It turned out yeah. amazing. Oh yeah, exactly. So no, that's actually really awesome news. So I'm glad you shared that with us. And then uh, also, um, I I understand you are also working on some new projects. I am. I just uh, started a novelette that I'm going to be doing. Um, the first five pages are typed out. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to give the title out just yet. I'm going to wait until I'm a few more pages in. Um, what I can tell you is it should be out by um, October at the latest November. You can get your hands on it. I'm going to be producing it myself. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be a new exciting adventure for me. Um, producing my own stuff. Trial and error and all that other wonderful bullshit, but we'll figure mm. that out later, and I'll let you know. Yeah. Well, no, and that's actually still good news, so, I mean, we're looking forward to that. Um, now, I think, is a good time to uh, to finally get into uh, the, the, um, the, the, re uh, the reason for this podcast. Um, you and I have been talking recently, mm -hmm. and uh, we're, well, uh, um, we had, I, I noticed uh, there was, we had talked about this way back when but uh but we had addressed sexism in comics before yeah but uh but i um uh i, I know you wanted to touch on this subject and the fact that uh yeah that it seems like they're um that people will stereotype uh people whether they're male or female and uh, uh, especially in their authors that basically you know only only these people can do these genres okay now mm -hmm. when you bring that up Mm -hmm. What are some authors that you know of that have delved in different genres that have done amazing at them, regardless of what gender? Uh, oh yeah, um, there's been a, there's been a bunch of people, but uh, I know like uh, one of the, one of one of the guys that I know right off the bat is like um, is is like Neil Gaiman's done that. Neil uh -huh. Gaiman's done 
various different genres, and he's he's not only done comic books, but he's also novels. So he's one of those guys that he defies that as well, and the fact that he can pretty much write any any genre and and you know and, and even any kind of format exactly because he's he's proven because like a lot of people would say oh you're just a comic book writer yeah but he but he's proven that differently because like I said not only has you see the guy who created the Sandman um, series. Um, and, uh, but he's also, uh, but he's also the guy, he, he's written a lot of novels. I mean, he wrote American Gods. Mm-hmm. He wrote, um, he wrote the Coraline book, which they adapted into a movie. Which was amazing. Yeah. Creepy, I mean, but it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, the man's actually done various different things and, 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 and deserves praise. But then, uh, but you know, then there are some female creators that are like that too. I mean, one person I can name right off the bat that I've seen her tackle various different things is Gail Simone. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, uh, and she's done various different characters because she's done Wonder Woman, she's done Batgirl, um, Conan, she's done uh, yeah, Red Sonia, yeah, 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 Conan, Red Sonia, and then now, now she's actually um, going to be writing for the Flash. Is she really? Yeah. When did this happen? I, I actually had uh, found out about it a few weeks ago. She posted it on her Twitter account. Holy ball sex. That's actually really cool. Yeah. She's, I like that. Yeah, so she's going to be writing for The Flash, which will be awesome. Um, but th- that's what I'm saying. So there's various different people, regardless of gender, that have, that have uh, proven that they can do more than one thing. Um, another person I'd like to bring up is uh, one of your favorite authors, Stephen King. Stephen, yes. Stephen King, for the longest time, was thought of as like, he's just a horror guy. Yeah, and, and, and in fact, in his contract, they said yeah. uh, when he had brought up, hey, I want to write a different genre, they said, no, no, no. You're yeah. known for horror. Stick with horror. Yeah. And he had... And the one they would try to convince him, this is not going to sell. You you, you do horror. Yeah. If you, if you only do... It's like, if you do horror, it'll sell. If you do anything else, you're going to flop. They just kept telling him that. Yeah. And, and yeah, and then that was the time when he... he just, um, at least in the 80s, that's when he decided, okay, well, fine. If, I'm, if I can't do this as Stephen King, I'm going to write it under a pseudonym. That's when he did the Richard Bachman books. Yeah, he did uh, The Talisman. Mm-hmm. As Richard Bachman, he did um, the Running Man. The Running Man, which was amazing. Yeah, I don't care what anybody says. That yeah, the... film and book is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, I think he did the Regulators uh, as Richard Bachman as well. Yeah. Well, a lot of his sci-fi stuff came from when he w- did Richard Bachman because that exactly. was him. That was him doing stuff that was not horror. Yeah. Um, and he started that at first, but then uh, something. Amazing and really awesome happened in the 90s. Yes. In the 90s, he was finally able to start just writing stuff as Stephen King in different genres. Because, uh, you know... Um, his Dark Fantasy Dark Tower series. Yeah, his... Yeah, For uh, instance. Yeah, yeah, Dark Tower, uh, <laughs> The Eyes of the Dragon. Yes. Um, he, you know, that was when he did stuff like The the Green Mile. He yes. did uh, in the 90s. Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, Shawshank Redemption. Um, um, Joyride. Yeah, um... That's what I'm saying. He, he was starting to do different genres that were not horror. Um, he was able to prove that he could do other genres other than the horror. Now, when you think of authors and comic book writers doing different mm-hmm. genres as um, the, the same gender or whatever, mm-hmm. it's interesting to note that some men mm-hmm. will 
have a pseudonym as a woman's name just so they can write fictional romance so they're not made fun of. How mm-hmm. how is this um, a negative and a positive thing in your eyes? Well, um, the thing I look at is it doesn't it matters. Are you good at the thing? The whole thing is to me. The gender doesn't matter now. Now a lot of a lot of people have, actually, you know, saying that, and it's like, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that I think one is inferior to the other. Um, I just think if you're a good writer, you can do it, regardless of what gender you are. I think I think women can write men's stories, uh-huh. and I think men can write women's stories. I just think you just the whole thing is is you just need to understand that genre in order to write it and the whole thing is there's plenty of ways you can do that i mean like one of the things is if you're if you're if you're a man trying to write a trying to write a romance novel for women yeah well what's the best thing to do well you do your research just like you do anything else the best thing to do is is you know in this case research women research like uh, you know go talk to them talk talk to them about like what are the things that they find romantic why is it that they find these things romantic you know um and then and then like to them what's what's a perfect scenario for maybe like uh, some kind of romantic get together or something okay the whole thing is is you know there's plenty of ways a man can do something that's considered typically female, but I would even say the same thing for women. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of women out there that will get crap about whether, like, say, like, like let's take the action adventure genre. Yeah, that's considered like male territory, right? Yeah. Um, apparently, apparently, yeah. <laughs> but but I think women can do just as well. I you know I know plenty of women who like action adventure. I mean hell, most of my family were all fans of Indiana Jones. Um, exactly. You know, and uh, you know, and and the thing is, is that uh, you know, and the women like it just as much as as we men do. Um, it's just one of those things that the whole family likes it. And, and I said, I think women can do that. I mean, seriously, I mean, I think that, uh, I think a woman could take a character, like say, you know, like, let's use Indiana Jones as an example of this, yeah. case, this case, as I mentioned him already. I could think a woman, I think a woman could do a really awesome Indiana Jones story. Oh, they really could. Yeah. You know, once again, um, but if they need something that needs more of a male perspective it's just the same thing as what what a guy would do if he needs the female perspective the woman needs a male perspective she just goes and she'll talk to other guys yeah they talk to him like okay why is it that you like just genre what you know well you know what are what are what are uh, why is it that uh, why is that you're drawn to action adventure and what is it about action adventure that that excites you now a question I've been wanting to ask is why yeah. such the stigma? Why is there such a downside to I- either gender I have, or I do? Know? I do have a theory on that. Okay, I'd um, love to hear. That, it. And once again, nobody has to agree with me on this. I, I, you know, the whole well, thing is—it's it, your opinion. So, that's, I mean, yeah, 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 that's what I was saying. No, that's true. That's fine. <laughs> I just wanted to get that out of the way. You're good. But my opinion is that uh, my theory on the whole thing is that I just think that everyone needs people to be in a box. Every, everything has to fit in its place. The cookie cutter type bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Okay. You know, the, you know, the, you have things that people think are just male things. You have things that people think are just female things. Like blue yeah. is represented for only boys, and pink's only represented and for, for girls. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, you know, if a guy likes pink, that's okay. If a girl likes blue, that's okay. Yeah. And you know, and then hey, if they happen to like both, that's awesome too. The whole point is 
The whole point is, is that we're all individuals, regardless of what gender we are, regardless of what race we are, regardless of what our religions are, regardless if we don't have any religions. Yeah. The whole thing is, is the way we think is always going to be different because we're individuals. And, uh, and, and, and the thing is, is that, uh, you know, so no matter what, your interpretation is <laughs> going to be different than the next person over. I mean, the way... I interpret things may not be necessarily the way that you interpret things. Exactly, because yeah. perception is an individualistic ideal. Yeah, exactly. The way you see it is is unique to you. Yeah, and that's totally okay. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Is that, and I think there's a lot of. I think that's why a lot of people have a hard time with it. Because for some odd reason, um, humankind, you know, people in general, they seem to have this this need of having putting things in a box. If they can't understand, you know, everything needs to be understood. That's their whole thing. Everything needs to be in a box because it needs to be understood. Because if it's not understood, they obviously fear it and they shun the shit out of it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> See, you, you know exactly where I was going with it. That, that's a sad thing. Is that basically, if they don't know it, they fear it, then they shun it. Um, so the whole thing is, is that they then put everything in these little boxes. Yeah. And then if it puts in the box, they're like, oh, life makes sense now, so I'm happy. <laughs> we can't have chaos. Yeah. Why the fuck would we want that? Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's what I think it comes down to is that is that people sadly are are afraid of not placing people in boxes. Basically, it's just like they, they they don't like the whole idea because it feels like chaos to them. They're like, oh my gosh, this doesn't have a category. So and so yeah. so so it doesn't make any sense. Uh, you know, but it's just one of those things. It's just like you know. The way life is is that sometimes you necessarily can't categorize things. Exactly. There are some things that are just unexplainable. See, the only box that I ever want to be put in is a coffin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's probably the only box you will be put into. This is true. Even if, even if you, if you, well, in fact, large enough, even if you are cremated, you'll still be put into a coffin. Exactly. Um. Now. You know, uh, the coffin will be burned later, but... You well, know, I mean, we'll have a Viking funeral. Fuck it, why not? Uh, anyway, you were saying... Just throw me out to sea and shoot <laughs> an arrow. Um, I've got another question that I know that you'll have an answer for, because you've, you and I have talked about this before. Mm -hmm. When you think of the future of not only comics, but authors, and the, the different writing styles between the two genders, what's prominent... Um, about the different genders and how they write different characters. Well, I can definitely say that um, uh, the, the good thing I can say about nowadays is you, you're seeing a lot more diversity pop up. Because uh, interesting enough, when we were growing up, yes, when we were kids, the majority of the people that worked on comics were guys. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, most of the heroes we grew up with were, were men. You know, I mean, I mean, think about it. The, the most of our heroes were like the Image founders, and and then guys like Chris Claremont and yeah, um, Walter Simonson. Walter Simonson. You know, um. But once again, men. Yeah. Uh, there were very few people in there because I mean, I, I will admit there's there was a few women I liked in there, like like we, Louise Simonson, who was Walter Simonson's wife, and mm -hmm. she actually did a lot of really cool writing of stories and whatnot. And there were a few others there, but prominently it was men. Yeah. The male dominated industry. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I like to say the great thing I've seen within the last 10 to 15 years 
if you're starting to see more women creators get into comics, more women artists, more women writers, mm -hmm. um, more women inkers, more women colorists, um, you're starting to see more uh, different ethnicities in there too. Because uh, because once again, and I'm not I'm not once again shunning these things because I mean they they were still good guys, but the majority of the people we liked, and once again. It, there were exceptions to be had, but the majority of people we liked were white men. You yeah. Know? Um, most of them were white guys. <coughs> uh, it, you know, there were a few exceptions here and there because, I mean, there was George Perez and, and you know, um, ob you know ob obviously, you know, he, he, um, he, obviously he was Latino. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, and then you had, a, and then you had guys like Jim Lee and, mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and, and he was, he actually grew up, he actually grew up in Korea until he was five. And then they, his family moved to the States. Yeah. Um, but, but for the most part, it was, you know, I said it was white guys, you know, you had Stan Lee, you had Don McFarlane, you had Chris Claremont, uh, you just, you had, Ditko, mentioned earlier, you had Steve Ditko, you had Jack, Jack Kirby, Kirby uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you had Mark Silvestri, uh, you, you know, once again, a lot of these were white guys. Yeah. Um, and what I'm like to see now is you're actually starting to see more, uh, more ethnicity, more different ethnicities getting in there because I mean, as I said, you know, there's some different guys that are, that, that are up and coming that I like, and then some guys who've been established in the industry probably since the late 90s early 2000s yeah like uh like Reg reginald hudland um uh -huh. who uh did a really long run on black panther oh yeah yeah and uh um, brian edward hill yeah who does the um alpha alpha force uh, uh cyber force C cyber force series yeah cyber force yeah he, and, were, uh, he works uh, on that with Sylvester actually yeah, yeah. exactly and uh, aphrodite 5 that he's yeah. Done as well as exactly, a exactly, run. exactly. You know, and, and and that's what I'm saying. You're starting to see more diverse voice in there, which is great. Yeah. Um, you know, um, and then like I said, you're starting to see more women in the industry. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you know, like uh, like 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 Gail Simone, as I had mentioned earlier mm -hmm. in the podcast, and you've got uh, Linda Sedgwick, who is also yeah, uh, does the Sunstone comic with mm -hmm. uh, Stephen Sedgwick, her, her husband. husband. Yeah. Um, there's also Babs Tar. Yes. Um, she has done uh, a run on Batgirl, and but she's also now does a uh, she does a comic for Image Comics, which is actually really uh, which is really awesome. But it's a series called it's a comic book series called Motor Crush. I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, anyway, um, yeah, so, so uh, you know, there's her. Uh, there's Kelly Sue DeConnick. Uh -huh. Um, she did a lot of cool stuff for, like, uh, she did a lot of cool stuff for, like, the Thor universe. Um, she, uh, she, she did an awesome run on Miss Marvel. Uh-huh. Um, she, um, and, and then now she actually writes a comic for Image called Bitch Planet. I've heard of it. I haven't yeah. read it yet, but I've yeah. heard it, and I've heard yeah. that it's actually really good. Yeah, and then um, yeah. So, so I said I, I like seeing it. you see more diversity. Uh, so, if anything, I'd say that what I like about the modern era is you're starting to see more diverse voices pop up. Um, you know, um, if I could say there's only an if there's any negative, um, if there's any negative, um, and once again, this is just a minor, it's just a minor thing. It's just that um, it feels like. It, it, it feels like there's there's too many people who like feel threatened by that. The whole thing is if I you know I I never feel threatened by what anybody does. Yeah. The whole the only time I ever feel threatened is if someone threatens me, you know, and and that's more in a vicious kind of thing. Um, but in the case of the oh well, no, if somebody's having success, I wish them well. I like I like other people having success. 
You know, I, you know, and I don't care what ethnicity are. I don't care what gender they are. Hell, you know, and and I don't care what their sexuality is. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like uh, your sexual preference or whatever. The whole thing is, is that no matter who you are, if you're a great creator, I'm going to like you. The only way I won't like you is if you're a douchebag to me. Yeah, and there's a lot of um, uh, writers also from the LGBTQ community, mm -hmm. which are doing lesbian and gay and trans comics and books as well which are doing rather one, well actually one on one then not just that like one one i can but what what he's like uh you know yeah because exactly there's 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 you know you got various uh different authors and and and, and artists you know that uh, that are tackling comics these days yeah it's much more of a diverse pool of people doing it it's not just you know um it's not just white male creators anymore it's just people, you know in this case i like it because you got more people with talent you know now granted you know talents in the eye of the beholder because i'm you know i'm pretty sure that uh for everybody we've named there's probably people out there but it's like oh people suck you know <laughs> and that's just personal taste which is yeah. fine but when you get into the bashing part of it yeah that's where it just gets mean and rude and not yeah, exactly needed. whole thing is Everyone's allowed to have their own preference. And that's Everyone, fine. Everyone's allowed to think the way that they want to. But the whole point is that just don't be a douchebag about it. That's my biggest rule. Don't be a douchebag about it. You can disagree with me, but don't be a douchebag about what, what uh, about what you think of it. The whole thing is, is that yeah, it's okay if you don't like everything I like. Yeah, I'm the same. You know, I'm I'm the same way. If if you don't like what I like, I'm fine with you. The only time I have an issue with you is if you're basically using my opinion as a key point as to why I'm a horrible person. The whole thing is, is just like, wow, if you don't like my preferences and stuff, well, then you don't have to hang out with me. I didn't ask you for a burger and a beer. Exactly. See, and I know you and I, um, we have difference of opinion. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of Rob Liefeld, and you're a huge fan of him, but mm. I don't diss on him because he's yeah. made a successful career out of comics and Deadpool and these various yeah, yeah. other runs well, that he's made. Preference. And you, you know, that I, I congratulate the guy. You at least like acknowledge... fucking success. Here's the great thing. You at least acknowledge his successes. Yeah. You, you may not like the guy. Exactly. And you may not like his style. But here's the thing you acknowledge and you're not ignorant of. Mm -hmm. You know he's a success. You know he's got a you know he's got a style that does actually appeal to certain people. And the contributions that yeah. he's made for the yeah. comic community have been phenomenal. Exactly. So the whole point is, while he may not be your cup of tea, yeah. you're not going to sit here and bash the fans that he has. No, because everybody, you know, there are people that I I love that other people don't. I'm yeah. a huge fan of the authors and writers of Rat Queens. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I actually I'm a fan of them too. The whole thing uh, is uh, Curtis J. Weeb. Yeah, uh, that 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 was the guy who created that series. Uh huh. Um, and uh, yeah, no, actually, he's he's a, he, that's what I'm saying. I think he made a great book. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but then you know, there's some people that other people like that that, that maybe I'm not necessarily a huge fan of. You yeah, but know? you're not gonna bash the no. shit out of him because of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, let me, like, like, uh, you know, like, you know, there's, there's been several people over the years, and and mm. I don't know if I'm gonna like like name names or anything, but I do know that. Uh, 
over the years, there have been several people that somebody be like, I love this person, they're so great. And I'm like, mm, not really. <laughs> yeah. But once again, what I do what I what I never do is I never say that they suck because they like them. And I never and you know, and I never say that everybody should think the same way I do. No, I mean if I don't like somebody um for for uh for one reason or another yeah i don't i don't i'm not gonna sit there and like i'm not gonna bash on them and i'm not gonna bash on their fans no i mean if somebody finds enjoyment from what they do then that's great you know yeah, getting into the obviously obviously i wasn't the audience they were going for yeah, getting into the deplorable and demeaning part of mm -hmm. putting someone down because of their likes and interests it, it it isn't needed in the writing world. It really isn't. No, um, that's what I'm saying. In fact, no, I hate that. The thing is, is I think one thing that you know, if there's anything that's toxic in the comic world, you know, it's funny. A lot of people pass that word around these days, but but, but it's true. But in this case, but in this case, I, I you know, the the thing is, if there really is anything toxic in the uh, in 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 the uh, entertainment world right now, it's that people seem to have no tolerance for other tastes. It's like it's like one of the big prominent things now, and this is one of the things I think we can overcome in the future, mm -hmm. is I the is that people seem to have no tolerance for anything that's outside of what they like. Yeah, you have to like what I like or fuck you, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. No tolerance <laughs> for that. It's like it's like, no, it's okay. If you can not like something, I can not like something, but then, hey, you know, maybe we can come together and actually there might be something we both like. Yeah. You know, the whole thing is, is we don't have to be douchebags to each other. And hell, even if there's nothing we agree on, mm -hmm. the whole thing is, is we can still be cordial. We can still be respectful. Yeah, you can we don't have to sit there and throw insults at people. Now... There are exceptions. Now, if it's probably found out that your favorite that your favorite author is 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 a neo Nazi and he supports and he supports the beating of, of of different ethnicities, yeah, you can you can probably say that guy's a piece of shit and I'm not supporting him whatsoever. Yeah, you'd have my full support on that. I'll definitely <laughs> condone that. Yeah, but. <laughs> Other than those exceptions, the whole point is, if you're just being a douchebag to somebody just because you don't like their stuff, well then, you know what? You need to you need to do the adult thing and just not say anything. Or even better, if you don't like something that someone's doing, do like you and I do. Write your own shit and then yeah. come up with your own stuff or, so that you can have a voice as well. A, there's a saying I heard and I, and I go by it and I like it. Instead of bashing the things that you hate... Why don't you endorse the things that you love? See, I love that as well because if we do, if we were to endorse and throw financials to the things that we like, love, and yeah, that yeah. Um, we find enjoyment in, yeah, I honestly think that the hate for not only the industry but people in general would diminish mm -hmm. tenfold. Oh, I, I completely agree with you. I, I, I think that the biggest problem is that people want to sit there and bash on the stuff that you're like, I don't like this, I don't like that, I don't like this other thing. It's like, well, what do you like? You know? Yeah. It's like, tell me what you like. It's like, no, you know, we can sit around and have a conversation about what you like. Yeah. And, and, and that'd be a more positive conversation. I don't want to fucking constantly I don't hear care. all the negative it's shit. Like, I don't want to hear about what you hate. Yeah. I want to hear about what you like. Uh-huh. And, 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 and that's what I, you know, and that's actually even something I, 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 um, I support as a creator, uh, you know, as a writer. Um, if people come up to me, I, I want to hear, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tell them, I want to hear about what you like. 
Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, it's like, don't tell me I hate this and I hate that. I want to hear about what you like. Tell me about all the stuff that, that thrills you. There needs to be more positivity in the writing community mm-hmm. and even in the comic community because yeah. there's a lot of negative shit in the comic community that just needs to be done away with. Exactly. And, the, you know, it's like, a, you know, it, it, the sad thing is, is like it's, it, people are drawing battle lines, especially nowadays. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is, is like, it, it, it's like, listen, I understand... about certain moral situations and why they're important to you but at the same time you know there there is this whole thing of like basically it's just like um people use people seem to use that as an excuse and once again i'm not naming names here no you're fine but uh but but it seems like people in general have this whole thing about that uh um that basically they'll use various issues of the day Mm mm-hmm to basically take something too far. Um, yep. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, I encourage people to to stand up for what they believe in. And I encourage people to, that if they, that if they do see an injustice, to basically do something about it. Yeah. Um, what I don't encourage, and I've never been a big fan of, is violence. I do not encourage violence. I do not encourage people to just be douchebags to each other. Now, once again, there are certain exceptions to these rules. Because mm-hmm. I know people are going to probably come back to me later and be like, oh, but what if this scenario? What if that scenario? It's like, okay, listen, if your life is threatened, I can understand defending yourself, okay? Exactly. That's, yeah. that's obvious. That's that's an obvious, okay? So, you know, you know, don't give me those bullshit scenarios that you already know the answer to. Um but uh, but for the most part, for the for the general situations, if if it's just let me put it, like let me give you an example. Okay. Let's say let's say you're in a convention, and you uh, you see a creator you're not particularly fond of. You 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 pretty much think their stuff sucks, and uh, you go up you go up to you you go you go up to the like the whole. Uh, table there and you want to make sure that everyone knows that you hate this creator that they're awful that they suck and that they should be uh, they should be uh, agreeing with you you know how horrible you're going to make yourself look yeah well and then once again <laughs> you're a douchebag yeah. you do that i don't give a shit who you are you are a douchebag yeah you know you don't just do that to random people as i said there are exceptions but once again people know what the exceptions are and also yeah. even with the exceptions you can yeah. deal with those exceptions with in an adult mm. and mature fashion yeah the whole point where is you don't have to exactly. look like an asshole the, the whole thing is they remind me of elementary school children who had their ball taken away the whole mm. thing is is that they're getting, they want to make sure everyone knows they're upset yeah the whole the whole floor needs to be looking at them because attention whores are real people yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It's like, that's why don't do that. They say the thing is, is if there's a creator you happen to see at, at an event that you don't like, then just leave. Then just leave. Yeah, you know leave I mean? them alone. That's what I'm saying. Leave that section. Yeah. You don't have to hang out with them. Find a creator you do like, and then yeah. talk with them. Spend time with them. And accentuate the positive yeah. that they're bringing to the community. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The whole thing is, is that there's always going to be people you don't like, no matter where you're at. And that's now, fine. And that's fine. And once again, as I said, certain exceptions being had. If your life is threatened, yes, defend yourself. Punch the person. You know, if... Uh, yeah, trip them into traffic. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. You know, that. it's like, you know, it, <laughs> yeah, you know, if, if it has been proven, and I'm talking 
proven. I'm not saying somebody said this and 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 this must be true. Got to love hearsay, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but if it's been proven out like uh, you know, like like maybe the person like maybe the person's like some kind of as we said like neo-nazi or something or some kind of hate monger. Yeah. Yeah. Then, yes, you're very well within your rights to go up to that person and be like you're a sick person. I don't agree with you and 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 and, and I don't think you need to be rewarded for for what you do. Yeah. You know, I can understand that but what i'm saying is no if you're just simply hating on a creator because you don't like their stuff that's your only beef well then be be an adult and just don't talk to them yeah it, just because you don't like something or you don't agree with something it doesn't mean you have to voice your opinion and make yeah. yourself look like a jackass yeah this whole thing is like is is, is you know don't be yeah exactly just what you said i love that don't be a jackass <laughs> you know um just yeah that's what i'm saying be an adult be an adult and, and and you know what adults do adults don't let petty shit get to them yeah it's either you either got two fucking options you either confront it and you talk about it like adults and mm -hmm. you come to a fucking understanding, mm -hmm. or you shut your mouth and you keep your opinion to yourself. Exactly. It's really that fucking easy. Yeah, it, it, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so that's what I'm saying. It's like, uh, so I, I hope it's been made more clear what our stance is on this. Yeah. Because that's as we said. No. Are we saying that you should shut your mouth if the person has been proven out to be a horrible person? No. I'm not saying that. No. If that person has been proven out, and I'm saying proven. Yeah. Um. Yes, they they deserve your hate. <laughs> they, yeah. des they deserve not to be rewarded. But, as I said, if it's one of those typical scenarios where you're just hating on a person simply because you don't like their work, then then you are the one who's being petty. Yeah, and then you have to take a moral inventory and figure out how you can stop being that big of an asshole. Exactly, that's the whole thing. Not everyone's work is for everybody, but that's the whole thing. That's why we have so many different... That's why we have so many different creators out there. We just talked about these yeah. fucking different subgenres just a yeah. couple of that, that yeah. podcasts ago. Exactly. The whole thing is is that there's something out there for everybody, and so if you find if you find a creator whose creation doesn't exactly resonate with you, well then there's well then well then you keep looking. You find somebody else who does. Yeah. The whole thing is there may be somebody there may be somebody out there like you know you find somebody and they're like oh and they're oh this stuff sucks and and they don't resonate with me instead of sitting there focusing on your hate for that person, find somebody who does resonate with you. Yeah. Find somebody who you can agree with and be like oh okay this person writes amazing stories or this person you know is the most amazing artist ever or or this person's the most amazing musician I ever heard yeah. or something and he's like or or this person's the most amazing actor or whatever the whole point is is. Um, yeah, just, um, <coughs> in that aspect, you know, yeah, if you happen to not like somebody's body of work, well then find somebody whose body of work you do like. Exactly. Yeah. And on that note, I'd like to get to book recommendations and comic recommendations. Okay. And I believe Fine. I went last time, so I think it's your turn. Okay, we can go with that. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, and, uh, and, uh, as far as, um... Let's see, let's see. Novel recommendations uh, go. Um, let's see. Once, uh, once again, this is uh, these are always hard because I have so many books in my house. Too many, too many, too many books and too many comics. Um, <laughs> okay, let's see. Well, this week, um, you know, I'm gonna go with uh, Sun Tzu's Art of War. Okay. 
I love that book. Yeah, and and uh, and I may have suggested this before, you know, and, and a lot of people might point this out later. Ah, oh, you already suggested it. That's fine. But if I have whatever, but it, no, this is what I'm suggesting this week. Sun Tzu's Art of War is a good, is a sort of a good way to look at sort of the Asian uh, mindset on warfare, but mm-hmm. it also works on a worldwide scale. The whole thing is, is that um, Sun Tzu's Art of War really. You know, it's it it does um it, it does have it does kind of show you the because I mean the whole thing is is like it shows you how wars are won. Mm-hmm. It really does. It shows you how wars are won. Um, what, one of the things is is that uh, you know, and once again, this is not word for word, mind you, mm-hmm. but uh, but 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 in essence, one of the things that that, that he does talk about in the book is how basically. Really, a good defense is a good offense, and they use that as a sports analogy all the time. But interestingly enough, it's a war analogy. It's not just a sports analogy; it's a war analogy because it's been an old philosophy. Because really, the whole thing is: if you simply defend, 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 you're never going to win anything. the The whole thing is: you never win just being defensive. Mm-hmm. You have to be offensive. You you have to be you have to be the one who's overwhelming the enemy whatever it is and 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 you know and that's something you learn in sun tzu's art of war you know so you know if you want something that uh, really can apply and, and can apply to many things because it's not just it's not just war and battle but it can it can apply to business it can apply to um you know uh just uh just sort of uh, uh even uh different interactions with people in general yeah relationships and stuff yeah so the whole thing is is that but 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 it's like i said it's a good it's a good way to understand um the mindset of of warfare and uh anyway um uh as far as my comic book recommendations go you know um i know we're a day off but I'm going to suggest this anyway. Um, since yesterday was International Women's Day, mm-hmm. I am going to suggest Wonder Woman, particularly Grant Morrison's uh, Wonder Woman Earth One, mm-hmm. um, okay. which, which which is a good one. It's a it's sort of a modern retelling of the Wonder Woman origin story. Yeah, and once again, it's written by Grant Morrison. And, and if you're in the comic book world and you don't have any idea who Grant Morrison is, well, first off, you need to slap yourself. <laughs> and then, and then, secondly, go and find, uh, go and look the man up and find his co- uh, collection of books that he's done because he's um, got so much stuff that he's done. Yeah, and and I mean, and you would know, you would know Grant Morrison because he wrote one of our favorite stories. He was the one who wrote All Star Superman. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um. So either way, yeah, I definitely suggest that's my suggestion for uh, for comic books. Check out Grant Morrison's Wonder Woman Earth One. Um, anyway, uh, that about wraps it up for me. So, uh, what about you? What are your uh, your uh, novel and uh, comic book recommendations? I'm gonna go um, with the same thing that you had said about International Women's Day, because there's so many writers and so many authors and so many comic book. Um, colorists and pencilers and writers that are women that are prominent in the writing community and also in the comic community. So for my female pick for the novels and authors, I would definitely have to go with, uh, Patricia Briggs. She does the, uh, mercy series, 
where um yeah this this woman she owns a, a parts shop for mechanics yeah and she has supernatural powers and she um has wolves and uh that help her out help her fight evil and stuff that like that that's pretty cool and it's really really cool it's kind of um it's kind of like um a supernatural romance yeah. Because there is some romance in it, but not enough to make it porn. Oh, uh, it, it's not. Uh, it, it it's 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 not. Uh, what, what do they call it? Um, um, ah, I can't remember the name for it. But basically, but yeah, it's not like the whole like like cheesy romance stuff. It's, yeah, uh, it's basically um, as you said, a tad bit of romance, but most of it's more action oriented. Yeah. So if you're if you're looking up a woman author that in the supernatural romance um, section, look at Patricia Briggs because she's fucking amazing at how she writes. She's just mm. gorgeous author. And for the uh, female in the comic industry, which has not only surpassed quite a few of the females that have you know done comics and the like. I would definitely have to throw out Gail Simone. <laughs> we mentioned her before. You know what's funny is now now I now now I'm actually wishing that that, that had been my suggestion. But anyway, go on. <laughs> I got a chance to read um her Conan the Barbarian and Red Sonia uh, graphic novel series. And I gotta tell you, she can write a mean male character. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. The whole thing is, is that, um, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, is that everybody seems to think that women can only write certain characters and that men can only write certain characters. Which is bullshit. Yeah, which is bullshit. The whole thing is, if you're a good creative writer and you know how to do your research, mm -hmm. you can write for any character. You just need to do the proper research. Like, you know, if we were to do uh, if we were to do an ethnic character of of of, of, of a whole different race other than ours, whole thing is here's what you do: you go to that community, you talk to people within that community, yeah. you find out what are the pressing issues that that concern that community, and 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 and, and then maybe even ask them to them what what does it mean to be a part of that community? And, yeah, and then put that and, within your writing. Yeah, and then and then just. Use that experience to put into your characters and into your writing. You know, that's the whole thing. It's just the same reason thing I'm doing with Ronan Brothers. You know, it's uh, I've been studying a lot about the Japanese culture and a lot about the, that way of thinking. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and you know, and and eventually, eventually, I am going to be. Uh, you know, uh, you know, it's like it's unfortunately right now I don't you have the funds to do this but eventually i would actually like to take a vacation to japan yeah and actually have a discussion with the people there mm -hmm. that would be really cool i would love that yeah i'll go with you yeah i'll leave it no that'd be fun but anyway no that's a good suggestion i mean uh, definitely and uh, you know and uh no, I, I would also suggest Gail Simone's writings. I mean, she's written for various different characters, as we pointed out earlier. Yeah, excellent writer, and and it's funny. She's got a she's got a really um, like uh, what would you call it? Like a dry slash sarcastic sense of humor. 
Yeah, um, kind of humor we like. Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> I've even seen her like on her Twitter feeds and everything. It was so funny. It's like everybody takes her so seriously, which mm-hmm. is kind of funny because you have a lot of people like, you know, um, but I, I kind of understand what she's doing is she's just kind of doing that dry slash sarcastic humor because like, uh, like one point she had been making earlier and I, and, and I kind of thought it was funny was everybody seems to have this whole thing when it comes to women characters where, um, or basically like, Oh, she smiled more, you know, the, than guys would like her or, or, you know, or, 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 Hey, if she had better looking clothes or something, you know, then, uh, then, you know, and she was going out. So what she decided to do, she, did that in reverse mm-hmm. was she took these prominent like really macho male characters and basically started throwing them in that scenario exactly. like because like, like, i remember she was saying stuff about punisher about mm-hmm. wolverine about all these other guys <laughs> and you're like it's like you know if punisher smiled more um you know guys would like him more yeah <laughs> you know or you know um or, or he's like, I don't like the way you just like, uh, you know, I, you know, I don't like the way that the skull is on his chest. If, you know, if it, if it, if it, um, it, it um, if it complemented his features more, um, if it complemented his features more, he'd probably get more attention. <laughs> yeah. If the, if the skull was smiling instead of frowning and bleeding, I think that he would be accepted I, I, more in the community. So you, so you've been reading them too. Jesus Christ. I, yeah. I, I just was in tears with laughter with all the shit she was saying. Yeah. I was like, you know, she's hitting it spot on because people can be complete jackasses when it comes to picking apart comics. Well, especially like, in the gender roles. fuck ro- on. Especially in the gender roles. Yeah. So the sad thing is, is that Jesus. we still haven't got over this hurdle. We still have this, we still have like a set of standards for women and a set of standards for men. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's really, that's the whole, the whole, whole thing. It's like, no, the story should be the whole thing and the gender shouldn't be what the um, important issue is. The whole thing is, is if they got good characters with a good story, doesn't matter if they're men or women, doesn't matter, as I said, what ethnicity they are, what their sexual preference is, what, what their religious or non-religious thinking is. None the of whole... that should be driving the fucking story in the yeah. first place. If you got a good story, you write a good story. Yeah. And if you got great characters, that should shine through. Um, so yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I, I said, and, and you know, I, I, I think that that's a great pick. But uh, anyway, um, I think that pretty much about wraps it up. Now, this Wednesday, we are going to be getting to the author that we've been putting off for the last few fucking years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because of me, yeah, jackass. Uh, yeah, you know, all of you, all of you probably <laughs> by now are like, yeah, right, you're going to get to J. Michael Strugensi, what, never? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, we, we will admit, and, uh, and, and once again, Corey's admitted it that uh, the the only thing that's been holding us up is, is is unfortunately, sadly, and Corey revealed this to me is that he hasn't had the time to study up on J. Michael Straczynski. I'm a lazy fucker. Calm the fuck down. Yeah, but however, <laughs> we promise the next podcast Corey will be well versed on the subject. And we will have plenty of stuff to talk about with this great creator. And Jared will remind me over the PM on Facebook, or by Wednesday he'll just beat the shit out of me with a crowbar. <laughs> and then he'll just do the podcast on his own. Yeah, there we go. It'll be, it'll be the Jared Gifford podcast. But what happened to Corey? He disappeared. He disappeared. <laughs> I'm taking over this bitch now. That's right. <laughs> just my lovely voice that you'll be hearing. That's right. Just to put on a robe and get some wine. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
Sit down. Has on the same page. All right. Well, I think on that note, it's a good time to say goodbye to the audience. All of you be good to each other. <laughs> That's right. Smile more and do something for someone else that they can't because God knows we need more love in the world. <laughs> Have a beautiful night and we will see you on Wednesday.